Welcome friends to Bound Sisters, a monthly book club with Kelly, Jill, and Miranda. We are three sisters with busy lives, setting aside time to connect through books and fun conversation. Thanks for joining us and we hope you have fun too. Okay. Okay. Um, so this month for February, we read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, we have a few trigger warnings. Uh, sexual assault, rape, domestic abuse, cheating, homophobia, biphobia, alcoholism, and mentions of suicide. So if any of those things are going to cause you distress, maybe pass on this episode or at least the book. Um, so anyways, um, we, we read the back of the book last month, right? So we don't need to do that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I finished the book literally two hours ago. <laughs> Not going to lie. It's been a busy month. Um, so what do we think of this book? We've got a few uh, questions. I feel like anytime I try to do an overview, I just end up retelling the story. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's, I mean, like uh, I told somebody an overview of the story in like a few minutes. So I think go. I can do it. <laughs> okay, go Jill, go. Okay, so The Seven Husbands of Evan Hugo is basically just about this woman, Evelyn. She grows up in New York, right? And she's very like, poor her mom dies at a young age she ends up realizing that she's this beautiful woman and that she's able to use sex to kind of get the things that she needs out of life and so she's able to make her way to hollywood and she becomes famous and she goes through a couple marriages and then seven to be exact so she goes through a couple marriages and after her second marriage which was abusive um she falls in love with a woman and she then continues to use like each of these different husbands as a way to kind of cover up her true love um she ends up telling this story like practically on her deathbed to a girl who is a writer and this girl like you know plot twist she has a pretty interesting connection with but that's pretty much the story of her husbands is how she used them to cover up her like true feelings Cause this was it's set in like the 1950s 60s kind of so she wasn't able to be like honest about herself mm-hmm. so see i think i did <laughs> good job jill gold star okay so what do we want to talk about do we like the book that's at the end we're not doing that what do we think about the book <laughs> i i liked it i definitely um was surprised Does it, like i didn't think there was any mention of like a major twist right yeah it was just kind of like this this is about a woman living in the movies and her life being an actress and then i feel like there's a lot of different twists that happen and you're like i didn't yeah. see that coming <laughs> because like the only, i mean i guess it says like on the back the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life yeah but i thought it was just going to be like she was a woman working in a man's world right and like it was hard for her to be that woman yeah. <laughs> that is what it's about. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that like um kind of hits at like a major plot twist is when it on the back when it says as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in a tragic and irreversible way. But that like not nothing like hints at the fact that this is a story of a woman trying to like cover up her bisexuality by strategically marrying like certain men yeah well even like evelyn didn't really consider herself bisexual she considered herself a woman who could fall in love with men but also loved this one singular woman Mm -hmm. so like it was like um celia who is the girl that she fell in love with she was another actress but um evelyn would get upset that Celia kept trying to call her like a lesbian mm-hmm. and kind of like saying like she was a lesbian pretending to be a straight woman. And she's like, no, 
she's like, you're literally the only woman that I love. Like, so I love men and I love Celia. There isn't like a. Um, well, she does like when she first starts a conversation with uh, Monique, she tells her to make it clear that she's like bisexual. Yeah. yeah. But she, but only because Monique wanted her, wanted to paint her as a lesbian. And she's like, that's only yeah. part of who I am. I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting perspective for her to take like on her sexuality, I guess. I've known people like that though. Like there was people, there was a couple that I worked with at, when I was at the grocery store. I don't know if I can say its name. Um, no so there was like a couple that I worked with and like one girl was like yeah I'm I'm like a lesbian and then the other girl was like no I she's like I don't like women she's like I like men but for some reason I really like her too Mm -hmm. so we're dating but she was like she's like no I'm not a lesbian I was like okay yeah so I mean I mean I guess it makes sense you know like I like men but some men i don't like, <laughs> like you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> so it's not like i like all men <laughs> like it's yeah anyways but, yeah i thought it was i thought there was a lot of surprises than just um just the ending that they like hint at it definitely More wasn't the book ending. i thought we were reading i'm not sure what i thought we were reading but not that that's a bad thing i just it wasn't what i was expecting um i honestly thought her husbands were gonna die same. like all of them where it was gonna be like her husband's mysteriously disappeared all the time <laughs> yeah she's like a black widow well and like yeah like when i started reading it and she's talking to monique she does talk about like how they were dead and so like originally when i was like five chapters in i was talking to somebody about it and I was like, I don't really know what this book about is about, but this lady has seven husbands and they're all dead. And the person looked at me and was like, that's suspicious. <laughs> and um, I was like, yeah, I don't know how they all died, but they're all dead. And then like later on, I came back to them. I was like, I think they're just dead because they all got old. <laughs> I was like, I don't think they were dead when she stopped being them. their wife. <laughs> Okay, so hold on. So seven husbands. So there's Ernie Diaz. He's the first one. So and they and they call him. What do they call him? Poor, Poor Ernie, Ernie Diaz. Diaz. Don Adler. <laughs> <laughs> Gullible Mick Riva. He's the one that she took to Las Vegas. When I was retelling this to my husband, I forgot Mick Riva. I was like, wait, I'm missing one. Uh, Clever Rex North. They had like kind of an arrangement. Rex, Rex is the one that she yeah, did. That the, was a business arrangement. Yeah, because he's the one that she did the the video, yeah. the movies with, right? She yeah. did the four movies with him, uh, and so and then he got the girl pregnant. Yeah, it fell in love with her. Other girl. Um, brilliant, kind-hearted, tortured Harry Cameron. He was my favorite, honestly. I um, think so. Disappointing Max Gerard. Gerard. Um, he was stupid. he was a french guy right yeah yeah so i think that for me harry and rex were my favorite so like her middle husbands were my favorite i did not i mean honestly i didn't like don adler when she was married to him but i did like how he changed at the end yeah how he was like remorseful and he's like yeah, he was like, I realized, and... I realized I was a drunk and I had a problem. And... Yeah, but I also like how Evelyn wasn't just like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's great. I'm so glad you apologized. Thank you so much. Or she wasn't like, it's okay. She was just kind of like, yeah, it sucked. Glad you realize it now. <laughs> I loved it when, um, because I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for these kinds of things. But I loved it when Harry walked in to her dressing room the first or... Like the first time he hit her? The first time he hit her or something. And he was like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. She's like, no. I was like, go, Harry. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, though. I think Harry's my favorite and Rex and Robert are tied because I think they basically did the same thing. 
That's true. They did. Like, they basically just, just like held the spot as a husband yeah. so that she's able to kind of live the way she wants to live. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. Robert's and Robert did did really good with her daughter. Mm-hmm. Like he really stepped in as like to be a father for her after Harry died. So mm-hmm. I won't lie when um it got to the heart the heart the part with the um car accident, I was like a little bit teary eyed. <laughs> like I was so <laughs> I was so sad that like Harry died and like that he died in such a horrific way and it was just like yeah. and that Evelyn like found him that way. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit sad when she was like, "Stay with me, Harry. Stay with me." I'm like, "Stay with me, Harry." <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hoped that he would live. I was thinking it might have been um, Celia who was in the car accident. Oh, like when they found the car wrapped around the tree? I don't they were yeah. on the way to Harry's house though, so Oh, they were see I was listening it on the audio at work, so I was a little distracted sometimes. Oh, so yeah, so she was like in a news. car with the Max my guy. Mother had been a chorus girl Ooh, on Broadway. Stop it. She's <laughs> <laughs> gonna read us the book now. <laughs> we're just gonna listen to the book, guys. Um Anyways, like they were, so she was having this Max driver guy uh, drive her to Harry's house. She had already spoken with Celia. Celia said that she was had emphysema and that she wanted to move to Spain. Mm-hmm. And so she ran it by Harry. Harry's like, no, no, no. I found somebody. I love him. Um, we just need to stay in LA. And she's like, we will discuss this. And he's like, I want to discuss it now. She's like, we'll discuss it later. And I think she was going, they were going somewhere together, maybe back to New York. Cause that's where Connie was. Their daughter was in New York. I think they were headed back home to New York and maybe she was going to pick him up. I don't, I don't actually remember why she was going. Well, she was in a limo Um, with a driver going somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Max might've been her husband, but that was not the driver. What was the driver's name? I don't think she ever it, says the driver's name. He does because, get famous. Yeah, Nick because he goes like, on to get famous, and I don't think she wanted to... No, it's Nick. Nick is his name. Oh. And then there was another guy in the car mm-hmm. with them, or with Harry, um, who died like on impact, because they apparently wrapped the car like around the tree. And so... Um, and then, so Evelyn, so Harry ended up not dying on the scene. And so Evelyn, like, should we talk about the plot twist? I was kind of going to go there. Or are go we not ready it. to do that? It's no, fine. Um, We're not retelling twist. the story. I know. So <laughs> there's another person in the car who they assume is the guy that Harry had fallen in love with. Um, but he was dead. Harry was still alive a little bit. And so they're like, well, we need to make this not look like Harry was driving drunk in case, because he was, um, in case uh, he survives. She's like, how do I explain this to the media, to our daughter, to everybody, all the things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they made it look like the other guy was driving himself. Um, and then they took Harry to the hospital. But turns out... Um, Evelyn tells Monique that that was actually her dad who had died in that car accident. Um, Monique had no idea that her dad uh, was gay. And um, I mean, he was married to her mother and all of this stuff. And well, and she um, also grew up thinking that her dad decided to drive drunk, drive drunk. Yeah. But she grew up being angry at her dad for that. And then she's, like, told that it wasn't actually him. So they yeah. had that whole... She had that discussion with Harry that Kelly was talking about. Harry wanted um, them to get married again. And she wanted Cecilia to marry the other guy so that they could have an arrangement like they did before in New York. Where it was two hetero couples. So I like how he just, like, comes up with this idea. He's like, this is going to work. I mean, this is going to work. 
obviously my lover is going to want to divorce his current wife to marry a new wife so that we could be together. I feel like that's that was a big yeah. for him. So <laughs> that's what they were talking about. And then after their conversation, he said they were going to get on the plane together. So he was like, he says, pick me up later. We'll discuss this on the ride to the airport and on the plane ride there. The so that's ride why she York. was on her way to his house. Yeah. So, and then Monique gets really upset, uh, understandably so, because basically her whole life has been a lie. Mm-hmm. So, I thought and then that she needs scene, to figure out. Go ahead. I thought the scene where Evelyn tells Monique that was like. Like, I feel like when a plot twist happens, it's kind of, like, drawn out and it's, like, a whole scene. Whereas this one was just kind of, like, slaps it down in front of you and is like, okay, bye. <laughs> and the way that they did it, again, I was listening to audio and I was kind of distracted. But she's just, like, the man in the car was. And she just, like, says his name. And it, like, took me a second. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> But then, like, Evelyn was, or then um, Monique was, like, all upset about it and talking about, like, her dad and stuff. And then I was like, oh, or she said, oh, he was a black man. And then she said his name. Um, I was just like, for a second, I was like, hey, like, what is that supposed to mean to me? Because I was distracted. And then, like, Monique starts getting so mad about it. And um, I was like, oh, wait. (laughs) It, like, took me a second to process. Probably took Monique a second to process, too. Monique is like, same. (laughs) So, but I mean, Evelyn, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was odd that she had this letter. I mean, I guess if it was in Harry's clothes, she would have, like, acquired it from the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, so she had this letter from Monique's dad basically telling Harry, hey, I can't run away with you. I love my wife. Um, I love our life that we have together. Um, that's not going to work for me. And and Evelyn was kind of like, he gave up so much for you, like to stay with you. And she's like, and I feel like you deserve to know that. So I feel like for all of like Evelyn's hubbub that she does, like acting like nothing touches her, mm-hmm. I feel like that was a really... Uh, like she hunted down Monique. She hunted yeah. this person down, held on to this secret for years. Or maybe at least like kept right track exact of her. Moment. Yeah. And she was ready so, to like die with her story if Monique wasn't gonna tell it. Yeah. Like she just, I think that was her way of uh, like making amends. Right. Like it was the only way she could possibly make it up to Monique, even in some small way. Mm-hmm. But. Evelyn can only do things to extremes. There's no middle ground. <laughs> right. So I wanted to talk about Celia, though, because she kind of annoyed me. <laughs> but she was kind of abusive, like nasty, a little bit with Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were, like, the first two times they were together. Like, she said some really awful things to her. She did. Like, telling her she was, like, a whore and that people only wanted her for her boobs and all of this. Like, she said some really terrible things that I feel like are unforgivable. Like, and Evelyn's just like, I just loved her so much. (laughs) I'm I'm like, wow. Like, this is a terrible relationship, guys. And she was constantly, like, just running away from the relationship. I don't know that, like, I could deal with somebody. Yeah. I don't know that I could deal with somebody, like, running away that many times. (laughs) Just being like, all right, I'm done. Well, and they lived in a time where they could actually be arrested. Yeah. For for loving somebody who is the same sex. And like Evelyn, I feel like was being cautious. I mean, right? Like, yeah. And Celia wanted to just like run away to get, I don't know what she wanted, but she was so mad that Evelyn wouldn't just 
like love her out in the open. Um, I was really surprised at how she reacted when Evelyn got pregnant by that guy, by her husband for a day. Oh, the uh, Mick guy? Was that his name? The gullible? Mick Rivera or whatever? Mick. Mick. With an M. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like... I don't know what you expect when someone's like, I'm going to run away with this guy and get married. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to run away with this guy to get married to fool the world into not thinking I'm a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I was shocked when she was like, freaked out about that. Like, Evelyn, the sexual icon... What do you think she's going to do to get a man to marry her that night? (laughs) Yeah. Like I understood her being upset about when she did the scene with Don Adler Mm -hmm. without asking like that. I understood. And I think they, at that time they considered themselves more wife than just like girlfriend. Right. Well, it wasn't that when she was married to Harry still. And she was still so. married to Harry, and then Celia was married to John. And... So the, like, yeah, so like Celia and Evelyn were living together, and then John and Harry were living together. Oh, yeah, because then Celia yeah. leaves and she divorces um, John. John, yes. So I think they really considered it more, and, and she had the baby too, right? I don't think she had the baby yet. No, she did have the baby because she was. Um, sad that that uh, oh because Connor then after remember. that her and Harry become really close and yeah. they're like pretending to be okay yes 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 yeah because they had yeah. the baby well, when she was still married fact, to John and the fact that Celia got her the part and pushed her into this part for this movie I mean like yeah. I don't know I don't but know I understood I guess I understood her being upset about the whole Don Adler thing. More than, because she was more than, like, the husband, the actual sleeping with her right. thing. Right. Yeah. And I because, especially because when she got married, that was more of, like, a, uh, like, a plot, like a, what's the word? It was Lloyd? more, like, scheming. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. there was a plan to, like, fool everybody. Whereas when she did the movie, that, like, she was, like, you didn't have to do that. But you're right. Like she all the time was just like going off the handle and then like not talking to Evelyn for like years and then being like, oh yeah, sorry. If I definitely still love you, we should be together again. And Evelyn's like, okay. Well, and like multiple times when Evelyn's talking to Monique, she's like, yeah, Celia could be really mean. Like when she got upset, but she doesn't say like what Celia said. So like in there, when they had arguments, that weren't in the story. She was like, yeah, Celia could be mean. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could be with somebody who every time we disagreed or argued, they like spat venom at me. Like that, I don't know. Yeah. So I had issues with Celia. Like old Celia, old lady Celia, she was nice. <laughs> like old lady. Oh my gosh. Like she's like 50. That's not that old. But like she was nice. Um, she was also dying, so that's true. So I, this is going to be one of those. Uh, it's not a review, I guess. It's just a mention. So I did the audiobook. She reminded me the voice for Evelyn, a little bit reminded me of like Blanche from Golden Girls, <laughs> where it was <laughs> like that's who I kind of envisioned, which is weird because she's not. overtly sexy woman but that's kind of who like super tall like I envisioned her super tall and kind of um domineering I guess and then and then Celia was kind of like this small little mouse of a person and that's kind of how I like that's not how they're described but that's kind of like where my brain went and then the narration made me think of Blanche like her (laughs) her voice was kind of like a lower octave and I listen to it at like you know more than one speed so everybody's talking really fast like super fast like 
Like it's <laughs> like everything is really urgent. They just have to get it out as fast as they can. <laughs> Anyways, that's kind of who I had in my brain for Evelyn Hugo. The whole story. So I would actually be really interested, Blanche. (laughs) I would actually be really interested to see a movie like this book made into a movie. They would use. Yeah, to see if maybe they could like alter my perception of who Evelyn Hugo was. Not Blanche. (laughs) Not the Golden Girls, even though they also live together. That's true. So we had some questions we wanted to go over, right? Yes. Jill, are you playing with blocks? Yes. <laughs> She's building like a Lego tower. <laughs> with all their Legos. Jill, do you have ADD? ADHD? Some sort of attention disorder. Well, you need just... like fidget toys while you're... <laughs> they're just sitting right here in front of me. What am I supposed to do with them? Leave them alone. <laughs> I have a box of them. <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. <laughs> oh. So we talked about who our favorite husbands were. <laughs> yes. Um, we talked a little bit about. Uh, oh, what was the question that you had found, Jill? What would you do in Monique's situation, referring to her opportunity to, like, write this book for Evelyn? Would you take up Evelyn's offer, and or would you stay loyal to your employer? What do you think of Monique's decision, and what does that say about her character? If some woman came to me and said, write my story and you will be set for life, I would ditch my job. See, but, like, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> I think it was very valid that um, Monique was like, you're telling, like, because she wasn't allowed to publish the book until Evelyn died. Mm-hmm. And I get that Evelyn had a plan for this, right? She wanted to, she wanted to tell her story and then she was going to leave, she was going to kill herself with some dignity instead of dying of breast cancer. Because she had, and, yeah, because she had breast cancer. <laughs> right. So I know that die. Evelyn knew that that timeline, like, wasn't going to, like, it, it wasn't going to be years and years. But I also understand Monique's, like, hesitation of, like, I can't just betray my employer like this and not give them an article that they want and then not publish your book for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe like, even workless. Or maybe even 10 years. Like, you know, knowing that in a couple years I'm going to be a millionaire, that doesn't pay my bills tomorrow. Like, um, I think she did a fair deal. That got everybody what they wanted. The magazine was able to get a cover story still. Evelyn got her story out there. And Monique benefited from everything. Yeah, I would totally do it, I think, if if I was a good writer. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand why Monique couldn't put two and two together. Because she was like, oh, Evelyn probably found me because I wrote that article on assisted suicide. And then Evelyn's like, I'm gonna die soon. <laughs> like, yeah, like oh, I was like, like oh, she's gonna like, right. Like maybe that. Did you put it like together at the beginning of the book? Brain. I didn't. I didn't yes, put that together at the beginning of the book. The moment Evelyn was like, "You can, you can uh, publish this when I die," and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> she she gonna die soon. <laughs> I didn't think she was going to pop a bunch of pills. I thought maybe she was going to go to a doctor or something, but. I figured she was sick, but. Yeah, I figured she knew she didn't have a lot of time left. And that's why she wanted her story. (laughs) 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 Bill's over here talking about a woman dying as she's like building a Lego tower. (laughs) Casually building a Lego tower. Talking about death. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, I'll put my tower away. Um, no, like, I figured she knew she was going to die soon of, like, some illness. And, like, you know, like, how doctors are like, oh, you probably have, like, a month left, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I figured she knew her time was coming. I, didn't, I did not think that she was just going to kill herself. 
But I don't think that there, I don't think there was anything wrong with, like I already said, I don't think there was anything wrong with the way that she, Emily Hugo, Emily Hugo, and got her to agree to like, to the news, the um, magazine article. Like she secured herself with her job before just jumping off a cliff. I do think that listening to Evelyn's life story, though, helped her with her own, like, predicament with divorce. Um, I think that it helped her kind of see that, like she said, like she, it's not that she wanted to necessarily continue being married to her husband because she wanted her husband. Mm-hmm. Like she, it was because she didn't want her marriage to have been a failure. And I guess when you sit there for weeks listening to a woman talk about being married for seven times, you're like, maybe, <laughs> maybe my marriage just failed. Like maybe, yeah. maybe right. and like let go of that. And, like, every time that Evelyn would get remarried, there was, like, a newspaper article about, like, well, this is her whatever number, you know? Like, after a while, it almost became, like, a running joke, I feel like, in Hollywood that she was getting married again. Mm -hmm. And then even when she married, who was it? The one where she wore, like, a blue dress and he wore a white suit. That was It was his first marriage. It was either Rex or Max. I remember listening to that today. I think it was Max. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so it was like a joke that like she'd been married multiple times. So this, she wasn't even didn't need to wear white. Like she wasn't pure, but this was his first marriage. So he's the one that wore white. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like, like not only were her marriages a, like a failure, but it almost became a joke that she was getting married again. Yeah, so, well, I think I, also, like, she couldn't marry the person she wanted to be married to. Mm-hmm, and so right. she didn't see marriage in the same way that, like... Marriage was just a business deal for her. It wasn't right actually a relationship that she cared about. Yeah, I think, like, she married Don Adler because she loved him. And I think in some way she married Harry because she loved him. I mean, yeah. I think they definitely had a love for each other. Like, not a romantic love, but... Right. And he was her longest marriage, right? Yeah, they were together for, like, 15 years or something. Yeah, and the only reason that they ended up divorced was because this Max guy shows up and is like, oh, I have loved you forever. And she's like, oh, of course. I don't know why she was so gullible. I think that that was her one and only time that she was ever gullible over, like, somebody saying that they had feelings for her. Yeah. Because I don't understand how, like, I I mean, she was in a weird spot. Like, Celia had just left her or, like, it had been, I mean, it had been a couple years, but she was kind of, like, just lonely and then somebody comes yeah. along and is like, I love you and you're amazing. And she was like, oh. Yeah, I guess I am. Thank you. And then she was so, like, oh, you don't love me. You love my fame. Yeah, you love that I'm famous and that uh, you can be seen with me. And yeah. And I thought it was funny that like she's been just like his wife this whole time. And he's like, obviously, we've both had... Um, affairs and she's like, she's like nope <laughs> wrong <laughs> i've not had any affairs <laughs> is this your way of confessing affairs <laughs> so i didn't like i think um i think he was the one oh no him and uh mick but mick was like a blip he didn't really even mean anything um mick was dumb Mick was dumb. He's like, hey, baby, this was a mistake. Let's just have it annulled. Mick was so dumb. Um, But I think that besides Don, because he was, you know, an abusive jerk, Mm -hmm. I think probably that Max guy was, like, my least favorite. Like, he was kind of a skis ball. How long did they stay together? I don't know. I don't remember... So they divorced in 88. Google says six years. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Six years. 
And then how long was she married to Harry? Almost 10? I think 15. They got married in 67, divorced in 82. So I guess that's, you're right, 15 years. But six years is a long time to be with someone when you know they just like being with you because you're famous. That's That sucks. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think she was lonely too. Like, I feel like, I feel like when you're not living the life that you want to be living, mm-hmm. like you you can't be with the person you love. One, because they've left you, but also because society's just not going to have it. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to give up your lifestyle for that, I guess. I don't know. I feel like she used him for the sex, for the sexy time. <laughs> um, what role do the news, tabloids, and blog articles that are sprinkled throughout the book serve in the narrative. What, if anything, do we learn about Evelyn's relationship to the outside world from them? I mean, I think the news and the tabloids were extremely important to this story because not only did it drive Evelyn to make almost every decision she made, but it's how this story is getting out. It's how she found Monique. I don't think this story could exist without the tabloids. Yeah, well, and, like, a lot of the things that she did were, like, stunts for paparazzi. Yeah. Like, I need to marry this person so that it gets put into the papers so that people read about it. Right. And, like, when she married, um, oh, my gosh, I can't remember all the husband's names. Well, so when she married Mick Mick Rivera. Yeah, the music guy. she, She was, like... That was the trying to like create a spectacle. Right. Mm-hmm. So that people would be like the 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 newspapers would report that they saw them. Right. And, and then when she married the next one, the one that she was in the movies with. Rex. She like purposely married him so that it would be in the in the tabloids and then people would want to see the movie. Yeah. And then they had to be, like, meticulous about how they divorced because they didn't want... They had a movie coming out. Right. And so they had to, like, play it. They were like, oh, the movie is about two people cheating on each other. So let's say in real life we cheated on each other. And that will make people want to go see the movie. Like, Yeah. All of every, all the moves she made were made in a, so that the tabloids reported her story correctly. To move mm-hmm. her to the or next. or at least the way she wanted them to right she like played the tabloids them. as much as she played some of the husbands yeah to further herself hollywood man it took me um i'm gonna sound like such the dumb a dumb blonde when i like i'm gonna be the dumb Thank sister you. in this podcast i feel like i'm <laughs> <laughs> way too long to realize that these like names for the on like these little excerpts because again I was listening to it right so it was like photo moment so I was like oh I should go look into the book and see if there's actually a photo there like (laughs) but and like Sub Rosa was um the first one and they used that for a while so I thought Sub Rosa like just meant like a little like a little side blurb thing it took me a while to realize that those were the names it was of the tabloids <laughs> I, I mean like, i was reading the book so i just turned the page and there was like a picture of a newspaper and i was like okay <laughs> right for me they were just like chapter headings yeah and then it was like and now this and i was like okay like why are you announcing it that way <laughs> But, like, eventually I caught on that, like, you know, for a while it was Sub Rosa. That one probably went out of business or whatever. And then, like, other ones continued telling her story. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was just like, what are these little blurbs? Like, <laughs> it took me way too long to piece it together. Now this. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, why is Surprise! No, this happens. <laughs> not usually how people write books, but okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just sound like the dumb blonde in this one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am offended for all blonde people. 
My hair is a little darker, but it's still blonde. <laughs> oh, what what did we rate the book? Oh, I don't remember what our ratings were. I give it like a 3.5 or a 4. Really? Who tell? Why? I don't know. I thought, I mean, it was, it was an interesting read. And it, I think um, if somebody was like, hey, I just want a random book suggestion. I'd be like, hey, this book, it was good. I was surprised by it a lot. At least it was like a linear story, Joe. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of. It kept jumping back to like the conversation with Monique. That's true, but that was easy to follow, I think. Yeah, no, it was super easy. I, I liked this book. I would have given it like a 4.5, I think. Would you um, suggest it to other readers? Yeah, I mean, like, I was telling people at work about it, and I was like, you should read it. Like, I listened to it in, like, two and a half days, although, I mean, it was 12-hour shifts, but I listened to it really fast, and it was easy to follow, lots of surprising twists in it that I was just like, whoa, where did that come from? Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess, like, once Evelyn started talking about like Cecilia and her feelings towards Cecilia and then like before they both made it clear that they had feelings for the other one like they were laying in bed like touching back like they were right like they were trying to like touch each other's backs without being like obvious that they had feelings for each other oh like once after Don kicked her out yeah I don't think it was like a super surprising like plot twist once they like confess their feelings for each other i just it was surprising in the fact that i didn't realize that that was going to be the premise of this book of like these seven well i guess it was just the last five really were they were fronts (laughs) i think i enjoyed that i was i was able to like guess stuff but i didn't like the whys for the things that I was guessing I had wrong. Like at the beginning, I was like, oh, Evelyn and Monique's dad like have some kind of connection. That's why Evelyn has asked, has given this like life-changing opportunity to her. But I didn't know why. Or I guessed why, uh, like I guessed Evelyn was dying sooner than she was leading on. But I didn't guess why. Yeah, so I would give it a 4.5. Miranda gives it a 3. I'll put it at Um, (laughs) 4. She's upping her rating. (laughs) No, I said 3.5 or 4. Oh. I'm just settling now. Got it. What was our... I don't even remember what the... Read the 4 and the 4.5 and the 5. Okay. A four is a good book. There were more good parts than bad. Definitely would recommend to people. Still has flaws, but it was enjoyable. A 4.5 is love the book. Want to read it again. Want everyone to read it, but it still has flaws. Okay, so maybe a (laughs) (laughs) 4.25. Jill loves that (laughs) 2.5. I don't don't want to read it again, okay? I don't don't want (laughs) to. Oh, although um, I did have to reread about the first guy. I already forgot his name again, but I couldn't remember when I Ernie Diaz. Yeah, when I was retelling somebody about this, I was like, the first husband because I was just looking on the audio thing so I could see all the husbands broken down real easily. I was like, the first husband was, and I was like, mm, I actually don't know who he is, but he's like. <laughs> <laughs> The next husband, though. <laughs> so, I feel like yeah. bad for her. I feel like he was her biggest collateral damage as far as husbands go. I felt bad for Ernie, but also he was like 35 and she was like 14. So No, no, no. She was 17. <laughs> no, and I don't I, think she he was 35. 15. I just read it. I just reread it to oh. remember who he was. She, I'm pretty sure she was like 16 and she, she lied to him. Right here. Ernie and I got married February 14th, 1953. I became Evelyn Diaz. I was just 15 at this point, but my father signed the papers. I have to suspect, I have to think Ernie suspected I wasn't of age, but I lied right to his face about it and it seemed good enough for him. But how old was Ernie? I don't think he was 35. Maybe not 35, but he was definitely older. 
And she was still 15. She says, yeah, she was 15. oh, he was a Hollywood guy. I put on my favorite green dress, the one I had just about outgrown out of, and I knocked on the door of the guy I heard was headed to Hollywood. I don't feel like he's 35. I just went with a number. I think he's in he's his just, late 20s. He's definitely, Probably. I mean, he's definitely older than her. He's got a car and he's going to drive himself to California. Yeah. So, anyways, I think that I would probably go with, I don't know, 3.54? What's 3.5? What's that one? I thought you said, like, 3.54, like, (laughs) (laughs) more specific than my 2.5. I'm being really specific. Um, A 3.5 is nice, simple book, cute, would recommend to someone looking for a simple, lighter book. Oh, yeah, no, not 3.5. Maybe. But I think... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I think if I was standing in Barnes & Noble and we walked past it, I'd be like, oh, that was a good book. And then I'd keep walking. <laughs> That's how I would rate this book. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> or or it would be like, I would be walk by the book and I would say, oh, I read that book. And then keep walking. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't call it a bad book, but I guess I wouldn't be, like, throwing it at people and be like, read this book. <laughs> so, I'd be like, oh, I read that book. And if somebody was like, oh, did you like it? Yeah, it's all right. That's my reading. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, like where did that land on our scale? <laughs> Like, I told people at work, I was like, you should definitely read this. But that was, like, while I was actively reading it, you know? So I was still, mm-hmm. like, excited about it. I feel like if, like, in five months somebody was asking me about it, I would probably just be like, yeah, it was good. Like, read it. I don't think I would be, like, as excited. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I liked it. So Brenna likes to text me. My friend Brenna likes to text me asking me for book recommendations. This probably wouldn't be on the list of things I would recommend. No? Not because it was bad, but because it's just, I don't know. I did think it was funny, though, that, like, we picked, well, I picked a Colleen Hoover book. And then we were like, oh, this is going to be spicy. And then it wasn't. (laughs) And then Callie picked this book, and we were just like, oh, cool. And then this was, like, more sexual scenes than the Colleen Hoover book. I was like, well, how how the <laughs> tables have turned. <laughs> I mean, this is still exponentially less spicy than the books that I read. Well, this was like here than November normally. 9. <laughs> November 9 was like mild. It was not you. It was like so sweet. <laughs> like, <laughs> spicy level. It was sweet <laughs> it was like it was like um oh my gosh like a like buffalo wild were... wings when they have like no. their meter of buffalo sauce <laughs> and they're like honey <laughs> the very top that's what i get it's like it's like if you pour some honey and then like just like a, a pepper <laughs> You're like, there's the spice. <laughs> it was spicy like necking at the drive-in. <laughs> All right. Well, next month we're reading. Was it called? It's Jill's pick. It's my pick. Lessons in chemistry. <laughs> Which I'm like, I'm super excited about. I've heard really good things about it. I've had my eye on it for a little bit. Who wrote it? Who's the author? That is a great question, which I will answer. Bonnie. I myself out of my phone. Bonnie, um, Garmus? It's hard to... Garmus? Garmus? Sure. G-A-R-M-U-S. It's, so it's like this bright pink, pink, cover with this lady's uh, face on it. She's got yellow hair, 
blue sunglasses with like little chemistry things reflecting in her glasses and red lips. And I'll read a little thing about it. Okay, so it says, I don't know if this is the back or not. This is just off of Goodreads. It says, uh, chemist Elizabeth Zott is not your average woman. In fact, Elizabeth Zott would be the first to point out that there is no such thing as an average woman. But Her last it's, name is Zott. Yep. Z-O-T-T. Yep. <laughs> but it's the early 1960s, and all her male team at Hastings Research Institute takes a very unscientific view to equality, except for one, Calvin Evans, the lonely, brilliant, Nobel Prize-nominated grudge holder who falls in love with, of all things, her mind. True chemistry results. But like science, life is unpredictable, which is why a few years later, Elizabeth Zott finds herself not only a single mother, but the reluctant star of America's most beloved cooking show, Supper at Six. Elizabeth's unusual approach to cooking combined one tablespoon. Oh my gosh, I can't even read this. Um, <laughs> sodium chloride. Oh. With a pinch of sodium. I can read sodium chloride. <laughs> revolutionary. But as she follows, but as her following grows, not everyone is happy because as it turns out, Elizabeth Zott isn't just teaching women to cook. She's daring them to change the status quo. Laugh out loud, funny, shrewd, observant, and studded with a dazzling cast of supporting characters, Lessons in Chemistry is as original and vibrant as its protagonist. And the word was acetic acid. Acidic? A-C-E-T-I-C. Acidic acid? That's that's not what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) The acidic acid. As opposed to the alternative. (laughs) Anyways, sounds like a good book. That's what we're reading in the month of March. If you're wondering, I returned my my large print book. (laughs) Was it like so you didn't have to use your reading glasses? (laughs) Yeah. It was like the size of my face. So hold on. Now I'm confused why this book has a large print version. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast for on the 26th of March. Whoa. Very, very excited. And if you haven't done so yet, like and follow us. Boop. We're on me pressing the follow button. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and you can subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. And our podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify. Is that it? And Google. Oh, Google on Google. And Audible. And Apple Podcasts sends us to random places on the internet. So you can find us anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on all of these actual places and also many more random places on the internet. Okay, have fun. Bye. Bye.